In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter with the 265th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. You can follow us on Twitter at D. Orlando AJC. Go to our Atlanta Falcons News Now page on Facebook. And you can certainly go to AJC.com and bookmark our Falcons page for all of your coverage. We're going to title this episode Falcons OTAs in full swing we had our second open session today we're going to hear from coach Arthur Smith and linebacker Deion Jones Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about or discuss is terminology then Deion's going to talk about or discuss being the quarterbacks of the defense being the backbone there and then we'll look at the teams that have salary cap room for Julio uh, discuss the potential trading partners, and then our uh, OTA observations. We'll share a couple of those with you. But here, uh, let's get right to Coach Arthur Smith from today, June second. Understanding that everybody learns differently. I told you, certainly I learned different from Matt, and that's no knock on either one of us. The good thing about Matt is he's been in multiple systems. I've been in similar systems with it, you know, and I think the easy thing to do is to come in there and try to talk over everybody. Like, I could do that to try to sound really smart and use a bunch of buzzwords. Uh, I, I just, the best teachers are very practical, and it's nice to have a reference point with Matt and certain things that he may have done in his past that I may have done, um, and then what we're doing now. So, it is. You're, everybody's trying to learn a new language, and you're trying to be practical about it and teaching them what to do. Do you know that? Similar to what we're talking about the question asked about Julio. We have the mandatory minicamp next week, so hopefully, depending on where we're at next week, we see everybody. 
Scott Bear, AF.com. Uh, coach, um, I was just curious uh, when it comes to um, um, when, it, when it comes to your new uh, first round draft pick. Uh, is is there anything that you've learned about him that maybe you didn't know uh, during the uh, pre draft process? Anything that you've learned about uh, how he works now that you're able to get him in the building and on the practice field? Sure, you know, we obviously did a lot of work on Kyle before we brought him in here. Um, you know, we're putting a lot on his plate and seeing where he's at, you know, and we're trying to bring him along the right way. Uh, so I don't think that there's, a, you know, there's obviously when you get taken a high, there's a lot of expectations. But Kyle's got folks on day-to-day learning it, getting up to speed, so he's ready to roll when the season starts. But like I said, we value that tight end position, and there's a lot of roles that those guys can play. All right, that was Coach Arthur Smith. Let's just summarize it. his four points there. Terminology. Uh, you know, he's coming from a West Coast system. Also learned his power stuff under Mike Malarkey. So that's a common denominator, two common denominators with him and Matt Ryan. Uh, that's why, um, you know, he started discussing that because they're going to have to be linked because he's going to be calling his plays and he's going to be sending them in to Matt Ryan. So when he's on the West Coast terminology, they got to be on the same page. And, you know, they got the Kyle Shanahan string through there with LaFleur, who spent the year in Tennessee. And then you got the Malarkey power base. So, you know, you got the uh, – they they run in the same stuff. They just got to get on, on the terminology on how they're going to call it. Overview OTA, he says he's pretty, you know, excited, you know, doing pretty good there. Uh, just try to get you all a um, – you know, an overview of how the OTAs were going from the head coach. Then we wanted to know uh, about Dante Fowler. Seems to me that his absence is conspicuous. Somebody coming off a bad year, um, you know, yeah, he took a pay cut, but uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on in his life, but um, I think it would be important for me to be here. Uh, he had the injuries last year. They intimated that he didn't get ready uh, for the season while he was on his own and came here and got injured. We don't know that, but um, I would think it would, if I was advising him, I would have advised him to be at practice, be in tip-top shape for everything that he has coming, and he needs a big year. Uh, then he discussed Kyle Pitts in how the rookie's going to be counted on. They're trying to get him ready to go. So, you know, those are four big points there from Coach Arthur Smith. Now let's go to Dion. Uh, we got about three points from him, and we'll come back and wrap those up and then move on to some of the other our other topics here, salary cap room, trading partners, and OTA observations. Here's Dion Jones. Middle linebacker. Well, no, I got to call him inside linebacker now of the Atlanta Falcons because he's playing 3 4. Checking in with you on how your offseason has been and how you're trying to, uh, you know, fit in and make the transition with the new coaching staff. Uh, offseason been good, you know, working as usual and coming back in, you know, learning a new faces, and What's the clearest or cleanest path for the unit to, you know, come back 
together with the new pieces and, and you know, uh, be out there and uh, be competitive again. Uh, just taking it one day at a time. Um, you know, no perfect, no defense. Just being, um, you know, being on top of each other, being accountable, learning what you have to learn, and every day trying to be better. Thank you. Discussing the transition on the offseason. And I haven't heard uh, a player call the new coaches uh, anything but awesome. And that's what he did. He said Coach Smith was awesome. Coach Dean Pease is awesome. You know, you it's a new coach. You got to uh, be in, get in their good graces. And the second point he made, uh, discussing the verbiage and so forth and, you know, translating things again. Big point for the defensive players also. But talked about them being quarterbacks out of defense. And we talked, uh, he also discussed them being the backbone of the defense. You know, they got to stop the run and they got to be underneath in coverage uh, uh, at times. So there it is from Coach Arthur Smith and Deion Jones. You know, of course, the elephant in the room right now is still Julio Jones and where he's going to be traded to. Um, so, you know, practically down to the wire i believe here um just based on the fact that they probably don't want him at the mini camp next year next week the mandatory mini camp and probably don't want to have to um you know bring him in for that so i'm thinking between now and then uh we get this um situation taken care of and i you know hey matt nobody killed uh Matthew Stafford, when he requested a trade from Detroit, you know, and they, they did it. They went out and traded him and got a lot for him. So I don't think this is a demand as much as it is a request. Uh, you know, if somebody's tired of being in one place and wants to move on and you can oblige them, you know, go ahead. You know, if you want to try to talk them out of it and keep them here, uh, that became a lot more difficult. After he went on the Fox Sports show and said basically call the team losers. So anyway, let's look at the salary cap teams. Jaguars have 39.2. These are teams that could fit in Julio's contract. Broncos 28.9. New York Jets 27 million. Bengals 22 million. Browns 20.9. Chargers 19.8 million, Lions 18.8 million, San Francisco 17.6 put a star there. Um Panthers 17.5, you can put an X there. Washington football team 17.1 and then the Patriots 16.1 million, put a star there. 
Okay, uh, and then the Colts, 14.7. They're just under. They're the breaking line. Now, coming out of this last weekend, uh, Tennessee was supposed to be in the mix. Their, Scott, their uh, salary cap number is $3.2 million. I think they could do something with Tannehill's contract to create the space. Uh, Seattle, $7.2 million. Um, they can do some things and create the space, too. Uh, according to several reports, the Rams and Ravens are out. Uh, I heard it first by Josina Anderson, formerly of ESPN. So Rams, Ravens out. Tennessee and Seattle look like uh, they're still in. According to, uh, so that's the salary cap situation for Julio Jones. Now, uh, be mindful that, you know, teams can move money around. Um, I think Buffalo just did $8 million today, $9 million today. With the post-June 1 designations, you can float that money over years. We wrote a story on Julio's market value being low. That's according to Joe Banner, former NFL executive. And then uh, Mike Tannenbaum on the 33rd team report also said it's going to be difficult for him to come back just because so much water is out the bridge. But, you know, hey, maybe he's been gone for a while. You know, he only played seven games last year. In the last five, he was nowhere to be found. Um, you know, and they kept trying to say it was week to week and so forth. But, you know, I think it was, uh, you know, we don't know. We're not going to speculate on that till we let Julio explain this all to us. So they're just going to try to play like it's water under a bridge or whatever. We'll figure that out, too. But trading partners, trading partners. Uh, this is according to uh, my sportsbetting.ag folks. The favorites to land Julio Jones. The favorite team is the Seattle Seahawks. Now that's John Snyder, and he's been known to drive a tough bargain. So if he's going there, the Falcons aren't getting much back. But reportedly, there's not a lot of uh, interest and not a lot of uh, market value. But then they say that, and then they they gave away, Seattle gave away the world, or, or excuse me, the 49ers gave away the world to draft a developmental quarterback. Uh, going from 12 to 3. And then uh, Stafford got, got a bounty. They got a Detroit got a good bounty from the Rams. So I don't know why the Falcons have to give their wide receiver away for a second or third. So we'll see how this plays out. So if they get a first, that'll be fine. Uh, and then we'll let the draft people do the value chart thing and see if he plays for three more years like uh, you know some, some people do when they get traded. But uh, Seattle is the favorite. That's in the conference. You know, do you want, do you care if he's in the conference? Uh, you know, you don't know. But anyway, they're the favorite, followed by the Titans. think they have more bounty to give away more trade picks. And then out of conference again, New England's the third favorite. According to Vegas, the Ravens are supposedly out. The Raiders would be next and then the 49ers or on our trade partner list the 49ers don't have any picks to trade they already traded them all so um that that kind of eliminates them they could get 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 the um 
They could fit him under the cap, but they don't have the picks. And the Falcons don't. They're not doing anybody any solids here. You know, they just, you know, they got to get, uh, you know, market value as close to it as they can for wide receiver Julio Jones. So that's number four. We talked to, we discussed stuff with Arthur Smith, Deion Jones, went over the salary cap room for the Julio Jones teams and the future teams, potentials, and then the potential trading partners. Uh, you know, ranked uh, according to Vegas. So that was six, uh, slow six teams. And we're going to close this episode here with um, our observations from the OTAs. If you were able to go live with us today, we were tweeting some of these out. Um, Josh Andrews is playing a lot of left guard there. Uh, he was one of the veterans. Uh, one of the impressive ones that... Uh, you know, he spent a lot of time with, uh, you know, some good teams, uh, Quentin Nelson with the Colts and uh, so forth. So Google him, Josh Andrews, comma, AJC.com, and you can get all his stuff there. And then another one, Fabian Moreau. He was considered one of the top corners coming out, had the uh, injury in the weight room and dropped out of UCLA. And he is lining up at right cornerback. So, you know, it's off season and I mean, you know, I never not I never try to make any big deal out of, you know, who's lining up where in uh OTAs with no pads on and so forth. But um, you know, those are some interesting guys to keep an eye on. Another is Jalen Hawkins and uh not you know, the corner safety from last year. Uh He's lining up at strong, but Deron Harmon, the veteran from uh, Detroit last year, started off 16 games. He's not here. He's one of the people not attending uh, the voluntary workouts, along with Fowler. Um, Corderell Patterson uh, was not there again today, and uh, I tweeted out my whole list. I should have kept that close by here, too. But uh, those were, you know, the key one, of course, is Julio and Fowler. Um, Lee Smith wasn't there last week, but he was there this week. And like Coach said, you got people coming in and out, in and out, because uh, they are voluntary workers, workouts. All right, I did keep it close by. So here we go. Officially, Julio, Deron Harmon, Dante Fowler, Cordero Patterson, and uh, Lee Smith was present today. So I didn't uh you know, uh, Deidre Sanat was the other one I did not see today. And uh, another defensive back, Earl, number 53, one of the young guys here. 53, 53, Earl Thompson. I saw his jersey hanging uh, underneath the, the awnings there for where, where the team comes out on the field at. So that was that's all that's it for for this week the 265th episode if you you know usually on Wednesday the holiday threw us off a little bit but we're coming to you on Thursday morning with the 265th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast just to wrap up here uh, the title of this one is Falcons OTAs in full swing Arthur Smith talked about the terminology, the overview, Dante Fowler and Kyle Pitts, Deion Jones on the transition to the new coaches, being the quarterbacks of the defense, 
Then we looked at the teams that have salary cap room for Julio Jones and then the potential trading partners. And, um, you know, I don't have any inside information. Otherwise, we would write it on AJC.com. But I thought logically they already had something done. It was ready to drop it. And uh, we were going to be done with this. Uh, maybe that happens tomorrow. But I can't see them going into the mini camp with this not resolved. Because, um, you know, uh, if they have an offer on the table and they've been shopping in for two weeks. That was a, two months. I'm sorry, two months since March. And that's the point Joe Banner made was, hey, if they had an offer, they would have took it by now. Uh, it would have been ready to go and spread out over June 1. But the interest is lower than what the Falcons were anticipating. And now they kind of got to just do it once around and say, hey, is that really what you're offering? And, um, you know, see if they can get some teams bidding against each other to sweeten the pot. So stay tuned. We'll be uh, uh, ready for that when it happens. And hopefully uh, we can get Julio to surface and talk to the AJC about this whole situation. So with that, we're going to get on out of here with the 250, 265th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. You all take care and have a great rest of the week. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.